Hey y'all, I'm C.G. Townsend, your host of the Being Balanced Podcast, a space full of ways to help you stop the glorification of busyness. We're talking aha moments, must-have resources, real-life wins, and small shifts that lead to incredible impact. Hi, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining another episode of the Being Balanced podcast. I'm C.G. Townsend. And if you've been here for a while, you know that I get really excited about the folks that come on this show. I mean, I just can't even explain it. Like, really, I think it's selfishly more for me and less for you guys. But I'd like to think that you pick up a nugget here or there, too. So today we are going to talk to repeat author, amazing human. (laughs) I just can't even contain my excitement. If you could see my smile, it's from ear to ear. So please, please, please welcome to the show, Michelle. Tell us all about you. I'm so excited to be on your magnificent podcast. And I appreciate all of your kind words. I receive them and accept them. Thank you. My name is Michelle Goodlow. I am a three-month-old mom. I am almost a three-year-old wife, licensed clinical social worker, eldest sibling, eldest child, wellness author, and enthusiast for all things self-care. And I feel like I have to like share those particular roles in no particular order because those are all important pieces of who I am as of this day. Um, I'm so excited to be talking to you today. My whole corner of the internet is talking about self-care and not just any type of self-care, but self-care for hardworking, caring people. There's something about professional helpers, caretakers, parents, eldest kids. We like to do the things. Some of us even like to do all of the things. And so when this concept of self-care really emerged as a whole thing to do, I fully embraced it. Again, as a social worker, a lot of, and, and especially as an eldest child, I mean, there's so much alignment there. I, and, you know, I know we'll get into it, but there's, I was exhausted. Yeah. Burnout was like my middle name. And it wasn't until I learned how to take care of myself that I was like, wait a minute, I I think other people could benefit from this too. And that really started my whole brand of G. Michelle and talking about self-care being something that's non-negotiable and encouraging other folks to take care of themselves better too. Mm -hmm. You know, what I can appreciate about you and your approach to self-care is that it doesn't feel cliche. Like it doesn't Mm. feel like something that you're just doing to keep up with others on the gram or to have something to talk about in your social circles. It's so genuine and authentic. Um, And I know that folks that may not be familiar with your work may not really understand where I'm coming from. So tell us a little bit more about your journey to like that authentic approach. Like, what does that look like? How do you define self-care? Yeah, my favorite definition for self-care. Self-care is doing what you need to do to show up as your favorite version of yourself. Whenever I start with folks and talking about self-care, because there's a lot of definitions. This is just the one that I love the most. 
I want you to think about the type of person you are. What does it look like when you're having an awesome day? Like what's going on? What's happening? What are you wearing? What does your hair look like? What was your routine that morning? What makes this day a great day? You want to shape your self-care around that to help you show up as your favorite version of yourself. If that means, you know what? I know I'm the favorite version of myself when I'm telling all the jokes, when I'm making other people laugh, when I'm on top of my projects, when I'm a really caring and giving person, you know, fill in the blank. But that's how you want to shape your self-care. And then when we develop a self-care practice, that means identifying and addressing your self-care needs on a regular basis. And that, that's a two-parter. You have to first learn what you need. Then you have to take care of those needs. And I think this is so important to break it down this way because honestly, a lot of us have a good idea of what we need to take care of ourselves. Mm-hmm. We actually do have some foundation of what we need to show up as the best version of ourselves. The tricky part and really my focus with my brand is to help folks fill in those blanks and to encourage them to actually do the things that help them feel well and feel like their favorite versions of themselves. So my journey goes back a long way and it's still being written. Okay. But I share this specifically in my book, The Self-Care Investment. I was one of my first full-time jobs. I was a children's counselor for a domestic violence agency in North Chicago. This job meant everything to me. I, I went to grad school, not only to be a social worker, but to work with children and families. And specifically, interpersonal violence, domestic violence was the area of focus I really wanted to dedicate my life to. And so this job is perfect for me. I remember waking up early, getting to work early, staying at work late, grabbing junk food and fast food to eat in between the times I wasn't working, getting just enough sleep so I could get up and do it all over again. When I first started, specifically the first few months at this job, when I tell you burnout was right there for me, I was wearing myself out. And it's a very... Even though it's a very necessary and important field, the field of social work is incredibly demanding, Mm -hmm. incredibly. Mm -hmm. And then working with children on top of that, specifically by the folks I was working with, children who had been impacted or exposed to domestic violence. I mean, my goodness, I get goosebumps just thinking about that experience. And man, wasn't it an experience. It had a ton of ups and downs. And I put myself 100% into it, really 120%. And it wasn't until I was in session with one of the children I was working with, and this child really saw me. And you know how kids are. Mm -hmm. This child said out loud, Miss Michelle, are you okay? And I think I paused everything and realized I was exhausted. Mm bags under my eyes, dark circles under my eyes. I had a perpetual cold that I was ignoring. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, it's not that bad. But no, I'm coughing, sneezing, sniffling. And I looked depleted. And this child saw that and commented on it. And I felt so much shame because I'm like, oh my gosh, now I'm a distraction to this child's healing. So even shame is included in this conversation of self-care, right? 
But if I go ahead and, and as I look, I call that my past self. If I really admire my past self and what she was going through, she didn't even know it was okay to take care of herself. And yeah, I got to talk about her in third person. Yeah. She didn't know. She thought she was supposed to go full throttle at this job, that I'm supposed to dedicate myself to this work and, and shoot. Isn't the goal to end domestic violence? No, no, you should see my face. No, 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 no. That's a really, really big goal yeah. to set for yourself. But that was part of, that's all part of my story. I had some unrealistic expectations. I have some cultural pieces too, that it's not okay to take a break. It's not okay. That's considered lazy, right? A lot of myths and we'll, you know, we'll get into it, mm-hmm. but I had a lot of stuff come up for me around taking care of myself. And it was that moment though, with that child that began my journey of, wait a minute, maybe I need to take a step back. This child is literally a mirror. I need to see that I, I actually am really important. And if I can't show up as a healthy, full, energetic person, I actually can't do this wonderful work that I care so much about. And that is the number one affirmation I actually hold on to. And I share it in a couple of my books. I am too important to not take care of myself. If I don't take care of myself, I cannot show up and do the things that are important to me. That's the beginning of my self-care journey. I mean, I have goosebumps just hearing that story because I know that there are so many people that have similar stories. And you said that your self-care is a practice. Mm-hmm. Like it's something you're doing all the time. You know, like you're working on it. You're a work in progress. And that is a theme around here. Mm-hmm. Are there specific things that you're doing in your self-care practice? Like what are those things if you're willing to share? Oh, I would love to. That especially because I, I, this brand new role of being a parent has had me adjust my self-care practice pretty significantly. I'd like to say there's still three things that I hold on to that help me show up as the best version of myself. One of that is daily movement in the morning before everybody else wakes up. And I use that term movement. It, however, you're able to move your body. For me, that's strength training, that's taking a walk, stretching. Stretching is so important for me. I need to get at least 20 minutes in. And again, I say all of these things specifically because I see that this particular mixture of things, this is the recipe for that part of my self-care practice. It's getting that daily movement. Even if I can only go for a walk, that's okay. That's enough for that day. Y'all see, I have to talk to myself. Okay. (laughs) That's, That's what I need. then I need to eat a really nourishing breakfast. It can be simple. It just has to be nourishing. Mm -hmm. I've noticed if I skip breakfast, if I skimp on breakfast, like if I don't eat enough food, that really, it it actually bleeds into the rest of my day. I have to start my day with a really nourishing, full protein-filled, vitamin-filled breakfast and hydrate myself. And then even though I haven't done this as much as I would like to, I'm giving myself tons of grace around that though. I love journaling. Mm -hmm. Some kind of way to process how I'm feeling on a regular basis. And journaling was the best way for me to do that um, before I had a child. And I notice I have to switch that around. I actually do that more at night um, as he's beginning to develop a nighttime routine. Um, But processing my emotions in some way, shape or form 
on a daily basis, it's journaling. On a weekly basis, it's therapy and making sure I'm, co- I'm staying connected with my loved ones who really care about me. It's like, okay, did I make sure I check in with my good girlfriends? Did I check in with my family? Those three self-care practices, for some reason, a mixture of those three really helped me stay grounded so I could show up as the best version of myself. Yeah. And, you know, even in this conversation, you're talking to yourself, right? Tell us, what is the difference between self-talk and self-care? Because mm-hmm. there, there is a little bit of a difference. I, again, self-care is doing what you need to do to take care of yourself and show up as your favorite version. But self-talk is the conversation you're having with yourself. And, and there's lots of different ways we speak to ourselves, right? I, my mom has the funniest saying about it. She's like, if you can't talk to yourself, who do you talk to? And I was like, now, mom, you got something there. That's, that's good. <laughs> yeah. That's good. It's yeah. true. But it's, it's the conversation you're having to yourself. How are you, spe- how are you speaking to yourself? Mm. Being able to notice what types of thoughts are you having? What kind of statements are you saying to yourself? A, a term that I've been seeing float so much on the internet is like your inner critic mm-hmm. or that inner voice that's mm-hmm. particularly critical of you. Like what's going on with that voice? I also have a virtual private practice where I see folks for um, therapy virtually. And this is something I talk about with my clients very often is really thinking about, well, what is that voice? Mm-hmm. What's behind that voice? And we can get into the details of that too, if you'd <laughs> like. But that's also part of the self-talk. How are you speaking to yourself and what are those conversations like? Yeah. You know, I um, have always wanted to be a journaler. I just I just knew that that would be one of the tools in my Balance Not Busy toolbox was that I would whip out my journal. But over the years, I've struggled. I've struggled with finding the right time to journal. I've struggled with what am I journaling, you know, mm-hmm. and what I realized in that process was I, I was telling myself it was harder than it probably was. Like I was mm-hmm. literally getting so caught up in my own thoughts um, that I couldn't seem to, to grasp something I really, really wanted to do. And you blessed me with an early copy of your latest book, I Own My Magic. And I opened that book and I said, well, I'll be doggone journal prompts. Like this is a guide. This is a way for me to figure this all out. Mm Self-care, self-love, self-talk, all of it, you know, all the things I needed to do. Um, And gosh, what a right on time gift. You know, tell us a little bit more about owning your magic. Yeah. I Own My Magic is a very special book that's very specifically for Black women. It is written for Black women. It is written by a Black woman and it's dedicated to my mother, who is a Black woman. And when we talk about owning our magic, sometimes, especially for Black women, whew, we feel exhausted, we feel stretched thin, and we don't always feel seen. And so part of my intention of creating I Own My Magic was to create a little pocket of peace for us to genuinely feel seen. And culturally, I wanted to speak to what Black women need to practice self-care. There's a lot of things out there that are wonderful in terms of tools and ideas and practices, 
but black women need specific things to help us take care of ourselves. And one of those elements that I included in the book is just storytelling. It's the first time I'm sharing wonderful stories from my life, ups and downs from my life in this book. And so when a black woman opens and reads this book, I hope she feels like I'm sharing my story with her. And through journal prompts, reflections and affirmations, she is able to share her story right back because that's how we really, historically, that's how we share and that's how we're a part of community and how we care. So owning your magic gives you a chance to tell your story the way you want to, to reflect on your experiences the way you want to, because we get in the weeds in this book, okay? This book is small but mighty in terms of talking about being a Black woman. And And I break that down in a lot of different ways. Not only do we talk about just the beginnings of self-care, having self-worth, why self-care isn't selfish, but we talk about how health is a part of self-care, how your hair care is a part of self-care. You know, we break down the Black superwoman syndrome. We talk about rest as being restorative, how to celebrate yourself. And of course, the beautiful intersection of being Black and being a woman. Mm-hmm. So all of that is encompassed in this book, and it's really an invitation to own your magic if you want to. And what a beautiful invitation it is. You know, folks, I was sharing um, prior to us hitting the record button that as I worked my way through the book, number one, it was an experience. Mm-hmm. And it was it became so sacred to me that I did not want to write in the book. I wanted to take all of my thoughts and all the stories I wanted to share and write them in like a separate space because I wanted to potentially interact with the book in a different way a year or two from now. Mm-hmm. Like I wanted to see if my feelings were the same, if my thoughts were the same, or if there had been some progress or even some steps back. You know, I wanted to leave the space to just kind of to feel that. So I will share a link to the book in show notes so that you all can get your hands on it and get it fast. (laughs) Um, And if you are not a part of the target audience, um, if you're a man or you're maybe not a woman of color and you're listening to this podcast, let me be very clear. This is the book you gift. Mm-hmm. This is the one you grab for the friend. This is the one you grab for the coworker. This is the one that you want to share with others um, and let them know, you know, hey, I heard this is a big one and this is the one that you want in your stock. Thank, thank you. you. No, thank you for sharing, you know, with us how we can have a better relationship with self in all of those different areas. As a Black woman, I appreciate you for that. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about being a superwoman because, Mm -hmm. you know, you shared uh, black women exhausted wearing that cape 24, seven, 365 days, not Mm -hmm. putting it down. Mm -hmm. How did we get here? Mm. (sighs) Have to exhale Mm -hmm. because there's so much behind that question. If I could do my absolute best to summarize how we got here, 
I touch on this in the book, and I own my magic. There is a historical and generational reason why so many Black women identify with being a superwoman. And a lot of it has to do with the historical trauma that we've survived and some of us did not survive. And all the way, 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 way back until slavery. Mm-hmm. We're seeing a lot of that in terms of just the social constructs that have come out of that, even today, of who a Black woman is and what she's supposed to be doing. Mm. And if you are a Black woman who's feeling like the world is literally on your shoulders, you're exhausted, but you feel like you can't put anything down, again, this book was literally created for you because there's so many reasons. And I share a little bit in some of the reflective questions in the book of just what do you know about this term being a Black superwoman? Where did you hear it? Where did you feel like it came from? Where did you learn it from? you know, and how has it impacted your life? I like to kind of walk you through that process because it's it's a different journey for everybody. Some Black women feel like, I can't wait to get rid of this title of being a Black superwoman. And then other Black women are like, well, wait a minute, maybe it's something I feel proud of. Right. And that's why this book is called I Own My Magic because you get to decide how you feel about it. Our focus is just bringing these things to the surface mm-hmm. and having a discussion about them, reflecting on them. But that would, that would be my way of looking at it is that there's lots of Black women before us who have had to hold on to that title without even realizing it was a title. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you talked about it being a point of pride. And I feel like that's what we don't talk about enough. You know, a lot of times... There, the conversations are rooted in, I want to take my cape off. I want to um, have soft moments. I want a life of ease. I want to rest, right? But then there's also the times where you're like, you know what? I'm amazing. And I did this, that, and the third. And I am a superwoman. And give me my flowers yeah. because I have done the things. So how do you balance that? How do you balance that point of pride and that desire to rest? Boundaries. Mm. Oh, yeah. You guys, if you could see her face right now, (laughs) boundaries plus smile. That's it. Period. (laughs) And by no means is that like the answer to everything. I don't want to oversimplify. But in the particular chapter where we break down being a Black superwoman, I have a discussion about boundaries. And let me, let me share the definition. Boundaries are what really protect us. I like to say if, if our self-care is our bodies, then boundaries are like the outfit. Mm. That's what we wear to protect our self-care practice, protect our wellness practice. So when you're thinking about boundaries, you're thinking about, okay, what are ways for me to set limits and expectations to what I'm doing so, don't, so that I don't stretch myself too thin? right? And again, you get to determine what that looks like. That's what, what's part of owning your magic. Everyone's capacity is different. Everyone's capacity is different. I even think of Black women in my life, some who can like work a full day, cook meals, take care of their kids, do this, do that. And all they need is to get six to eight hours of sleep every night. 
They're like, wait a minute, if I just get the right amount of sleep, I can do the things during the day and feel proud. That's awesome. Then there's other folks that are like, you know what? I have to turn my phone off at 5 p.m. I have to put it on do not disturb. I have to take my email notifications off. No, I can't answer that text message because I don't have the capacity. Yeah. Right? It's about determining what's right for you. Mm. And, I'll, and I'll say this just throughout a lot of the work that I've done is helping folks reflect on what is your capacity to do the things. Like, did, did you even know you have a choice yeah. to sit and reflect? Yeah. A lot of us are overextending ourselves and taking on so much work taking on all the responsibilities without even knowing you have a choice around all of that because it's never felt like you've had a choice. And that's really, that's where I step in. I just want you to know there are a few choices here. You just determine what's best for you. Yeah. Wow. You know, when you think about capacity in terms of choice, that's kind of a game changer. Mm -hmm. Um, Capacity for many feels like, do I have the ability? Yes. And you may have the ability, you're able, you have skills, you know, you have things you can bring to the table, but should you Mm -hmm. is the question. Mm -hmm. Question all shoulds. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Always, every should should have a question mark behind it. Yeah. Because shoulds come from somebody's value system. Oh, I should be 100% focused on my kids. Oh, I should be always available for my supervisor's emails. Who said? Mm-hmm. Question all shoulds. Put a question mark there. Where did this come from? Whose value system is this? It'll be, it's so interesting when you do that. I do that to this day. To say, wait a minute, who taught me that? Where did I learn that? Did I see that on TV? Was I taught that by my great-great-grandmother? Who taught me this? Right. And do I have a choice to make a different decision? Right. You know what's so crazy about you questioning who taught me this? We receive information in so many places. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if other folks feel like this, but sometimes I can't remember where I learned something. I have no idea if it was in the book I read for book club on Mm -hmm. social media while I was aimlessly scrolling in line somewhere, when I was mindlessly watching a Netflix show Mm -hmm. or in a conversation I had with somebody. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes I have no idea. I'm at a loss at how whatever the thought is, where it came from, like how it was (laughs) shaped and formed. And that's tough. That's really, really tough. You know, another thing that um, I read in the book and it just really stuck with me was about rest being restorative. And you mentioned Mm -hmm. that earlier in our conversation. Um, Let's talk about that. You know, Mm -hmm. I want to know, you know, when you say something like that and you think about how at times it can be daunting to rest when you have so much to do, so much on your plate. How do you shift that mindset from fear of not doing the things to celebrating the rest? Yeah, it's, a, I know I'm, I'm a broken record, but it's a journey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I'll share from my own experiences when I, and, and I'll share this as a prompt. When you think about 
taking time to rest, what comes to your mind? How does it make you feel? And for me, early in my journey of learning how to take care of myself, I felt guilty for taking time to rest. And when I say guilty, I mean, I feel like I'm doing something wrong. Mm -hmm. If I take time to rest, I feel like I'm doing something wrong. And you got to play that out. Mm -hmm. And and again, I have a ton of resources for folks. So don't mind my shameless plugs because I only think they're going to be helpful. (laughs) At the beginning of the self-care investment, that's the first thing I ask you to do is to really think about what, what is keeping you from taking care of yourself. And I break it down in terms of guilt. And I do the same thing uh, just specifically for Black women uh, in I Own My Magic. So when we talk about guilt, there's guilt is not totally a bad thing. It's not. Guilt can help you stay accountable. Guilt can help you actually recognize where you need to change your behavior, your routines, your things. But it's when you feel like you're doing something wrong and you actually aren't that you really want to question those thoughts and get curious about those thoughts. So back to to my story, I felt like I was doing something wrong by resting because I felt like I needed to work, 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 work. And again, going back to my story professionally and personally, I had an unrealistic expectation of trying to end domestic violence. It took a lot of, and I don't want to, again, don't want to oversimplify, but it took a lot of work for me to break down these myths and these narratives and these expectations that were not realistic Mm -hmm. to come back to, okay, Michelle, you actually have to rest to just show up to do the work you need to do. Your rest is is required. Mm -hmm. And then separate the work. Your rest is required because you're a human being. Y'all, that's a lot of unpacking that took years for me to do. Again, don't want to simplify my own journey, but that's why it's so important to break down these narratives. Mm -hmm. So again, I want you to think about if you're listening going, girl, what you talking about? (laughs) I want you to just reflect on what comes up for you when you think about stopping what you're doing right now and resting. Do you feel guilty? Do you feel scared? Do you feel panicked or anxious? Like those feelings really, really matter. They're incredibly important because they're driving you to continue those same unhealthy and unhelpful habits. Mm. It's helpful to break them down. and unhelpful. That's right. It's important. And again, I'm not talking to just anybody. I'm talking to hardworking, caring people. Those are the people I'm talking to directly. And here's what I'll say to to my people. You are way too important to not rest. This world needs you. And we don't need you to show up burnt out. We need you as your full self. I know, again, I know I'm talking to somebody. But I know your work is important. The people you care about are important and they depend on you. So think of your rest as restorative because of that. You need to rest. You need to take a break. You need to be mindful of your capacity because what you give out into the world is necessary and valuable. Mm -hmm. You are necessary and valuable. That's what we're trying to do here when we're talking about self-care. Wow. 
again, friends, I have goosebumps. So I, I don't, I can't even gather myself. I don't even, <laughs> I'm telling you, I mean, talk about a right on time message. Mm. What a gift really and truly. And you said that you have been doing your shameless plugs and sharing your resources. Please continue to do that. Uh, we need all the resources our hearts can handle. Uh, and, and I'm curious to know, you know, of course, you are, you are an author. Uh, you have been very intentional in the message that you are delivering in all of your books, um, even down to the specific audience in your most recent one with I Own Your Magic. Tell us what you're reading. What's on your nightstand right now? Yes. So I am trying my best. When my son decides to go to sleep, I've started reading Beloved. Oh. And you know what? I, I hadn't seen the movie in forever, but I had picked up the book the other day. And I was like, you know what? I haven't sat and read a fictional story in I don't know how long. Yeah. Yeah. That's So I'm currently reading Beloved. And I hope I don't, do I have it back here? I'm looking at my little mini collection of books here. Yes. I'm also reading You Are Your Best Thing by Tarana Burke and Brené Brown. Oh. uh, I I get such joy out of reading other stories, especially from other Black people. I mean, Mm. that's just my jam. So Mm. I've been enjoying the essays that are included there. Those are the two things I'm trying to read. Yes, the key is trying. You know, we are kindred spirits in having the little humans and, uh, you know, navigating the adjustments and pivots. Um, You know, I'd love to know. And and again, I feel like these conversations are for me. So sorry to everyone else that's listening that this is not applicable to. (laughs) Maybe you can share it with a friend. But I'd love to know, you know, have there been major changes to your self-care practice in this new season of motherhood? There have been some major changes for sure. Yeah. And I want to be so transparent and saying a lot of it has to do with my, with how I think about taking care of myself now. Mm. It's the same affirmation, but I've had to really apply it differently. Mm -hmm. So. Part of my self-care practice has been honestly and truly viewing my parenting experience as a first-time parent, like I'm a student. I realized, over, it's only been three months, y'all, I'm early in this journey, okay? But I've learned, I really, really love feeling competent. Mm-hmm. I love feeling like I know what I'm doing. And as a parent, you don't feel that very often. <laughs> spoiler <laughs> alert. Not, spoiler alert. At least not in these beginning stages. And so I have to do some mindfulness around that, some acceptance around that. Uh, and I'll throw my husband in there too, because that's my co-parent. That's my road dog. Okay. We, we're trying our best to literally have some acceptance and compassion for ourselves as we're learning how to take care of a little human. Mm-hmm. So my self-care, I've had to really stick to the basics. I even, I wanted to jump into, again, full transparency, because it's important to share. I, I tried to jump in like into a whole little nutrition exercise program. I said, oh yeah, as soon as I'm cleared, I'll be able to get my meals together. It, Reality check. That was not right for me. Yeah. 
it that was not the priority. I had to scale back and really focus on the basics. This was not the time to start anything else new. Mm-hmm. Being a new parent is enough. Mm-hmm. You know, that's it's crazy to hear someone else articulate that um, because I, I I had a lot of friends have babies around the same time that my sweet little one was born. And we all had very different experiences, clearly. Um because that's a thing. And who knew? I thought we would have so many more shared experiences, but it's all been different. And uh, one of my girlfriends reached out and said something to the effect, it was some kind of machine that makes arts and crafts projects. And I'm a crafty person. I love a good DIY project. And she was like, you should get this. And my response was so simple. I said, I cannot handle learning anything else right now. I am just trying to learn about this whole growth spurt, four-month regression, bottle feeding. I mean, I'm like, I am trying to just digest so much information while also not getting nearly as much sleep as I'm accustomed to or love. I love sleep. I love sleep. Sleep is (laughs) self-care. I love sleep. It's a hobby for me. I love it. And it is is gone um, for all the right reasons. You know, these little humans are so precious and they are, they are new to this world and they don't know what to do. You know, they need us to figure it all out. And what a beautiful, godly purpose to be able to do that without having any sleep. <laughs> Man. Oh my gosh. I had my hands up most of the time that you were talking there. I mean, my goodness. Yeah. My goodness. I mean, wow. So, um, you know, I, I wanted to know your thoughts on your self-care and it was very reassuring to hear that you've had to make some changes, um, you know, I, there are so many things I, I really just used to enjoy doing um, that it's not that I don't even have time to do them. I'm a little too tired to yes. do them. Yes. Um, you know, even the thought sometimes of getting in my car and driving to go get a massage just seems like a lot. I just want to sit down. <laughs> just <That's wanna>, enough. <laughs> I just want to sit down. <laughs> so, yes. yeah, yeah. I am right there with you. Yeah, I, some of the folks in my life who care about me are like, oh, you're, you know, you should have lunch with your girlfriends. You should go do this, do that. If I could tell you how I don't want to do anything. Yeah. I yeah. love y'all though. Cause I, cause I, I like to call myself an extroverted introvert. Like yes. I love a good extroverted experience every once in a while, but I have to sit down and reflect. Is that what you need right now, Michelle? Right. Self-care practice is identifying and addressing your needs and our needs change, especially as we enter new seasons of life. And I think I was very surprised by how my needs changed where I needed the, I mean, my God, the sleep. Yes. The sleep. The blessing of sleep. (laughs) Isn't it beautiful? Isn't it a beautiful thing? I just want to sleep. It's like Christmas morning. Yeah, oh, that's so, so important. Yeah. And I want to sleep at night. Is that too much to ask? Because everyone keeps telling me to take naps, and, but I want to sleep at nighttime. I want to sleep <laughs> for several hours in the evening and then wake up. No, that is absolutely something we can hold on to. Uh, friends, if you can relate, 
<laughs> this show is for you, you know, especially the last five minutes right now. Um, this is for you. If you cannot relate and you're so confused as to what we're talking about, um, go ask a friend, phone a friend um, who may have a little human and they can explain how sleep is such a beautiful, beautiful, underrated uh, phenomenon. Yeah. You know, I think that's relatable though. Yeah. Because what yeah. I, how I've been describing it, it's like, even if you don't have the experience of raising a little human, mm -hmm. I'm sure you know what it's like to not get sleep. Right. Right. And even just once you can relate. Right. Yeah. I mean, pulling an all-nighter maybe in college, maybe going out and staying out really late and, and the next morning kind of thinking, oh, I really wish I would have got some sleep last night. You know, and that's you have how something to do the next day. Yeah. And that's how it feels um, for like a year. Yeah. So, <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, do that times 12 oh, and then you're yes. good. You're good. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. You know, um, I could keep you all day, you know, and I would stay. So I thank you so much. You just, thank you for uh, having me. I mean, what, what a beautiful, 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 uh, moment in time. Mm -hmm. um, your gift of I own your magic, your gift of everything, you know, everything you write about, your presence on the internet through social media is just really such a gift. So thank you for that. Thank you. And I want people to be able to experience that gift. So where can they find you and keep this conversation going? Absolutely. On social media, I'm on Instagram, Pinterest, and Twitter, all with the same name at the G Michelle and it's Michelle with two L's. You're also welcome to visit my website. I have a free blog on there. I also have a wonderful quiz that you can take if you've been listening and you're like, well, where should I start with my self-care? Like that sounds like a lot. Don't you worry. We will scale that down for you. You're welcome to take my free quiz that's called Discover Your Self-Care Needs. And I also have a newsletter where I'm sharing tidbits of information just like this and also first offers of things that I have coming up soon through my newsletter. You'll find all of that um, It's if you get connected with me on my website or through social media. Wonderful. So, so good. So friends, I will also include that in the show notes so that it's readily available and you can find it um, and be able to connect. Yay. So thank you so much for your time. What a gift. Thank you so yeah. much. This is awesome. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. So friends, tune in next week. Um, same place, same time, you know, wherever you listen to podcasts uh, for another great conversation around all the things and just at the end of the day, being balanced. So thanks again for tuning in. Mm -hmm.